this was on. Is this still on? Okay. Can, can you hear me okay? Okay. Great. Thank you very much. Welcome. And this is, I hope you remember, the third annual OIT meeting. So we're, we're becoming a regular organization at, at Princeton. And our last meeting was in July of 2002. So I'd like to welcome any of you who are new to the organization since last year, both to Princeton and to OIT. I hope that today those of you who are new are going to learn a lot about the organization that you may not already know. And if I haven't met you personally yet, I hope you'll stop up after we're over and just say hello. Um, you'll be introduced later by your directors, but first I'm going to make a few remarks. So today we're going to do several things. We're going to take time to celebrate all the successes of the past year, and there have been lots of them, and also talk about initiatives planned for the coming year. We're also going to review the organizational changes we made a year ago to OIT and talk about how well they have helped facilitate our delivery of service to users. And um, you'll, you'll learn some interesting things there, I think. And finally, we're going to take a look at a few adjustments that we're going to make to the organization that I hope will continue to make it easier for us to collaborate across the organization and deliver service to our users. So before we get started, I would like to give some thank yous that are well-deserved to various people. Um, first of all, I'd like to thank every one of you for all you did this past year. We had a terrific year, and as you know, we had a busy year. It seems like every year gets busier, and yet somehow we managed to do it all. Um, someone was saying to me just a moment ago, we hate to say no, and I said yes, and I'm probably one of the worst offenders. And I think that we all want to do everything for everyone, and sometimes that's not good. And we're going to talk about some of the ways we're going to try to help control that a little bit. But I do appreciate the fact that everyone works so hard to make sure that we deliver the best possible service to everyone. I, I get compliments all the time, as I'm, as I'm sure you know. And I'd like to thank all of you, first of all, for coming, because I know, first of all, it's the summer and it's a vacation time, and also to anybody who's out there watching this on uh, streaming media, I'd like to say welcome to you. And for those people who couldn't be here because they're actually working on getting ready for the fall semester, I'd like to give all of those folks a special thanks, and I hope they'll watch this on the web media by going to the web media um, website later on. Um, because, of course, if they weren't doing that, the rest of us couldn't be here, so thank you very much to all of those folks. Next, I'd like to give a special thanks to a very important person, Robin Figlerski, my exec executive assistant. Robin never likes this, but you know. Um, for all, uh, all you've done for me this past year, Robin, it's been absolutely terrific. You make my job so much easier. And I think most of you know that one of Robin's special talents is organizing meetings like the one we're having today. And I'm sure you'd also agree, if you've ever been to one, that she knows how to throw a terrific party. So Robin, thank you so much for all you do. And while I'm mentioning Robin, I'm also very sad to let you know that Robin is going to be leaving OIT and Princeton in a few months. Um, Robin and her husband, Tony, have decided to fulfill what I think is probably a lifelong dream, and they're going to be moving to Arizona. Um, we're going to say goodbye officially to Robin later on before she leaves, but since some of you may have heard from the treasurer's office that Tony is leaving, I thought maybe I should say something publicly today so you'd all know. So, Robin, we're going to miss you, and we will be saying goodbye later. So thank you. 
Um, now I'd like to thank everyone who's been working, and many of you are still back there taking care of the technology, working to set up for this meeting and run the technology during the meeting. You always make it seem so easy, guys. I don't know how you do it, and it always works smoothly. So thank you so much. Um, and I know you do this kind of thing for many, many other people at Princeton, so I'm gratified to, to have you doing it for our meeting and have it be so wonderful. Um, another group of people that I know you would all agree uh, deserve a very special thanks are the staff who provide administrative support for all of the areas within the department. Since we don't often get the opportunity to thank these people, I'm going to recognize them by name today and ask them to stand up, even if they're embarrassed, <laughs> and remain standing so that we can give them a round of applause at the end. Now, I'm not sure if all of them are here today, because some people may be on vacation, but I'm going to read everyone's name. And when I read your name, please stand up if you're here. So Joyce Bell in Administrative Information Services, and I know that Joyce is not here today. I think she's on vacation. Um, Lorraine Chambers, who I believe is also on vacation um, this week in Finance Administration and Planning. I saw Fran Johnson, so Fran's here. Stand up, please. And Fran works in the Administrative Services Group within Finance Administration and Planning. Diane Mills. Is Diane here? No, Diane's not here. And Diane works in the desktop support group of support services. Carol Murray, I saw Carol from support services. Thank you. Alberta Noon from academic services. Hi. Ruth Priggy, who works in administrative information services. Pamela Ross, who works in desktop support. Is, is Pamela here today? She's in the Solution Center. All right, Pamela. Um, and she works uh, in support services also. Eva Rosen, is Eva here? I haven't seen her yet. Okay, Eva works in the Educational Technology Center of Academic Services. Marlene Stern, did I see Marlene? She's on vacation from Enterprise Infrastructure Services. They're taking their last chance vacation, I think, before the year starts. And Sally Van Fleet from Enterprise Infrastructure Services. So thank you so much for all you do. And I think you'll notice that we actually have a very lean and mean administrative support staff for the size of our organization. So you folks do a terrific job because you're really supporting an awful lot of people. Next, I'd like to thank the OIT directors for your leadership and support this past year and for helping me make sure that we stayed focused on the right things this past year. I'm going to ask each of you to stand up, and I'm going to have you later come up and say a few words. But for now, I'd just like to introduce you so that everyone can see who you are and thank you publicly. Um, first of all, I'd like to introduce our newest director, and that's Colin Curry, who's our new Director of Administrative Information Services. So first of all, Colin, would you stand and just remain standing while I introduce the others? So those of you who haven't met Colin, I hope you'll stop up and say hello to him later. And then I'd like to recognize Nancy Costa, whom I'm sure you all know, Serge Goldstein, Dan Oberst, and Stephen Sather. And while you're all standing, I'd like to give a little special thanks to Nancy, because Nancy this year, as you all know, did two jobs for most of the year. And Nancy, we don't know how you did it, but I know a lot of people are extremely grateful for the great job you did. So thanks to Nancy, and thanks to a great team. I, you guys are wonderful. So as you 
know, last year we reorganized into five functional areas, those of academic services, administrative information services, sorry, enterprise infrastructure services, finance administration and planning, and support services. And as I explained when we did the reorganization, while I don't believe that any particular organizational structure can make an organization successful in and of itself, I do think that an organizational structure can be a barrier to delivering service successfully. So we tried hard to do what we could to take into account the ways we work together and to set up an organizational structure that would work. So this summer, in order to assess how the reorganization actually did work, I asked all the OIT managers in the organization, and there are probably close to 50 altogether, um, to respond to a questionnaire evaluating the reorganization and the other changes that we made at the same time last year. So with the results of that questionnaire, the directors and I had a retreat last month, and we tried to determine how to address the main issues that were raised by the managers in responding to the questionnaire. So today we're going to review the results of the manager's questionnaire and go over any changes that we've planned as a result of the OIT director's retreat. And then after that, I'm going to have each director come up, and they will introduce the new staff members. They will talk about some of the successes of their group during the past year and talk about some of the key projects that are planned for the year ahead. So first, let's look at some of the overall successes that I feel came out of the reorganization and a few of the other things that we started doing um, last year when we reorganized. So I'm calling these the organizational strengths. I think you'd all agree that OIT has a clearer, more logical reporting structure. We worked hard to try to align people according to their functional role in the organization and then to create clearer mission statements and goals for each of those areas. Now, there's always more work to do, but I think we've made a good start. Most of the people that deal with OIT now clearly understand what those five separate areas do in general, right? There's always some minor things. Um, then we formed cross-functional teams, partly because we realized, as I said earlier, that no given organizational structure is going to solve all your problems, and you will always have initiatives that cross boundaries. So the cross-functional teams are supposed to be managing cross-functional efforts and facilitating the delivery of service. And I've heard great things about the teams. I'm getting status reports. Everyone's made a lot of progress, and a little later we're going to talk about some of the things we're going to try to do to make that work even better. But in general, I think most of you that have had the opportunity to serve on one of those teams has found that you've been able to work with people more closely that you normally were not working with closely, and that has fostered better relationships and improved our collaboration with one another. So I thank you all for your work on that. We also tried, as a result of once we reorganized, um, to focus on project planning and management. And we've tried to do better goal setting and use the project planning methodology to run projects. And really, the main reason for this, and I, because we've had lots of conversations in the OIT cabinet, it's not to create a document or create more paperwork. It's really because when I hear from some of you that you have too many things and you don't know which things you should be working on or which is the highest priority, or I hear that you're waiting for another group in OIT to deliver a piece of the service that you need to deliver the overall service to our customers, I can't really address that unless we know up front what was planned. 
Who agreed to do what? When did they say they would do it? And who's responsible for each parts of the project? So really the, the project planning methodology hopefully is going to help us, continue to help us to do that better. And we've been tweaking that so that it becomes as much of a helpful tool as it possibly can be and not a hindrance in getting things done. So you'll be hearing more about that later also. We also took the first few steps in what we hope will become a comprehensive OIT performance enhancement program. We made sure that we had a single progress report that everyone would use across the organization. And as you know, we gave a lot of thought to that, and I know the directors worked with uh, the management teams and all of you to kind of think through that. And we haven't got it perfect yet, probably, but we're working on it, and we're trying to then make sure that we do goal setting that aligns to the OIT goals. And I think we're getting, again, much better at that. And you're going to hear later about how we're going to try harder to make sure you're all aware of all of those goals. You know where to find them on, on uh, the websites or on the Blackboard uh, website. And therefore, we're all more well-informed about what's going on. Um, the new ambassador program is uh, been, it's been tremendously successful. Uh, users, as soon as they heard about it, thought it was a great idea before they even got to meet their ambassador. And since then, I've just heard terrific things. And I really want to thank everyone because I know many of you who volunteered you really wanted to do it, but you were afraid that what would happen when you went to that department and they asked you something and you had no idea what the answer was. Um, and I think, you know, I tried to stress, and I think many of you have found, that really it's the connection that you make to that department that really matters most, that you find that the people there are comfortable talking to you. That's the most important thing. And when you have a question that you don't know the answer to, obviously your role is to come back to OIT and find out what the answer is or find out who can help them and make that connection for the department. I've had many departments tell me that it has just been terrific getting an ambassador. And so I know that the program's working well. And we're going to try harder this coming year to make sure that the ambassadors learn as much as they can about the rest of the OIT organization because we're so big that it's very hard for us to know about everything. So we've got some ideas that you'll hear about later about how to help ambassadors learn more so they can be more effective. And I think we're going to try to also include new hires because that's another place that we realize we hire people into the organization and it takes them a long time to kind of figure out what's going on in OIT. So we'll probably work on that. Um, given that OIT is a service organization, perhaps the most important measure of the success of our reorganization and the other initiatives we undertook is to understand to what extent these changes actually improved our ability to deliver service. So I asked the managers that question, and this next slide shows you the response. And we asked specifically, has this helped your unit? Has this helped in your department? Has this helped across all of OIT? And you'll see that overwhelmingly, the managers felt that this has really made a difference, that things have improved. Now, it's not surprising at all to me that it's the most successful at the higher levels of the organization um, and less successful as we get down to the unit level and probably even the individuals. It's always harder to connect um, units to the overall OIT goals, and we're working hard at that this year, and I think um, people are feeling that the, we've made great strides because I, um, I wish I had done this before we reorganized so we could have had a starting point and an ending point. But, um, again, I think we've been tremendously successful so far. So now I'd like to look at some of the specific comments that the managers put in the questionnaires when they responded. 
And these are things that they, they felt about the organization, so I hope that it reflects the thinking of most of you. And these comments, I, I only used comments that were made by almost the majority of the, of the managers, so it, it's a fairly general feeling. First of all, we're trying hard now to have organizational charts to keep them up to date and to put them in a public place where everyone in OIT, at least, can find them. And we're going to talk to you again later about where all of the information about OIT, we're trying to get it organized and make it accessible, and we'll give you all that information a little later. Um, the roles and expectations people felt are more clearly integrated with the performance evaluations and OIT goals. So the fact that we've been focusing on trying to make that happen, it was very gratifying for me to see that the managers felt that this actually is beginning to happen. So we're going to continue to work on that. Uh, the cross-functional teams are making solid progress and helping to build the right working relationships, and I've heard that consistently. The project management methodology is useful. Uh, I mentioned that a few minutes ago, and I do think it's a very important um, tool, and the directors and I are really committed to making that work effectively. So you'll be hearing more about that, too. Then internal cooperation and teamwork are at an all-time high. Um, I, I think that's true, and I hope you will all agree with that. I think that we've really worked hard, first of all, by having department meetings and events and creating teams where we needed them to solve problems. And, of course, the cross-functional teams are not the only teams that exist within OIT. There are other groups that get together to solve problems and carry out initiatives. And I think we've done a pretty good job at increasing the teamwork across the organization. And, you know, it might be partly self-defense because we realize that almost any problem that comes up, we're going to need the help of people across the organization to solve it. So um, effective internal and external communications are on the rise. People mention things um, like the IT Matters newsletter, the Blackboard site for the OIT organization and the things that you can find there. And we're going to continue to try hard and hopefully with some of your suggestions continue to improve communications both internally and externally. The ambassador program is off to a great start, people felt, and there are um, things that we're going to talk about that we want to do to improve that. And in general, OIT is a very open and a great place to work, and that really made me feel good because I, I, that's what I really want for this organization. I want us all to be, feel absolutely free to talk about the things that we think need addressing um, and to work together to solve problems. And I think you all are doing a terrific job on that, and I really thank you for that. In addition to all of these positive comments, the managers raised a number of issues that they believed needed addressing. And since we could not deal with all of the issues they mentioned in our single day-long retreat, we, collect, we kind of picked the four that we felt were the most important to address first. And I'm going to go over each of these individually, and then at the end I'll let you know about the other things that we'll be addressing going forward that we didn't talk about at the retreat. So the four areas we decided we would look at during the retreat are the functional alignment, in other words, the reorganization, and are things aligned functionally as we would like them to be, or are there things that still need tweaking? Roles and responsibilities, since we felt that while in some cases it was clarified clearly at the higher levels, it was maybe not as clear in the units or even for the individuals the cross-functional teams, because we think they're working well, but they are so important and they have such potential, we wanted to look at them some more. And then internal communication, since without internal communication, nothing else will work. So those are the four areas, and we'll look at each one, one at a time. 
Okay, in terms of functional alignment first, we realized when we talked at the director's retreat that in a way we're a service organization and yet we don't really have a single group that's responsible for defining our services and how best to deliver them, for reviewing services occasionally to decide if we should still be delivering them, and things like whether there's a charge for a service and if so, what the charge should be. And so we thought, boy, we really need a group that could focus on that more clearly. And one of the examples that has come up a lot recently, we decided to use as kind of our pilot test case in, in trying to form a new function to look at service delivery, and that's the delivery of web services in, um, in, at Princeton in various ways, because we know that web service delivery happens in different parts of the OIT organization. So what we decided, and you'll see up here on the slide, we're going to create a new, what we're calling the services development promotion and management function in OIT to help define services and help, you know, as they evolve, look at them again, see if they should change, see how we're delivering them, if that needs to change. And that's a new function, and it's going to be in the finance administration and planning group. And I think what we felt was that it would be great not to have to be the person providing service and yet doing all of that sort of background work to define it, to um, then promote it by creating brochures about it, um, to manage customer expectations, et cetera. So hopefully we're going to do that. And the first one, as I said, we're going to try looking at the delivery of web services. So there will be a lot of you involved in a focus group or an interview to say, what is it you currently are doing for people in terms of web services? And do you have any good ideas about how we might coordinate this more? I find when I go around to visit departments that very often they're not really sure they want to do something that involves a website, but they're not really sure who to call in OIT to get help with that. And it depends on what exactly it is they want to do. So that's one of the things we're going to try looking at. Um, we also felt that it was sometimes unclear, another issue that came up with the managers, to know exactly where to go in areas that relate to IT policy and security. And again, that's partly because we have people that do somewhat different functions and they're located in different parts of the organization. So we thought, what, and, and it sort of made sense for most of the people to stay where they were for other good reasons. So what we decided to do was create a cross-functional team, and we're going to be doing that, and it will be led by our university IT security officer, Anthony Scaturo, and their job will be to coordinate these activities and possibly make recommendations on, on how to deliver those, thing, those services more effectively. So you'll be hearing more about that from Anthony um, in the months ahead. And then finally, um, although we have a cross-functional team to coordinate training, I think we felt that we needed a closer alignment between the HR function and training, partly because jobs at Princeton are changing so drastically that we need to make sure that we have appropriate job descriptions, we know what the job skill requirements are, and then we have training programs to go along with those. And I know that the Human Resource Department for all of Princeton is going to be looking at this very closely, and so we thought if we could align the training function more closely with our human resource function, um, that that would be a step in the right direction. So we're going to move that function from support services to finance administration and planning. Okay, the next area was um, transitioning support of, for PeopleSoft security and workflow. Um, 
just partly as a, I don't know, it was almost an accident of the reorganization, you might say, but um, the workflow became disconnected from most of the other PeopleSoft functions. And we decided that that probably wasn't the best thing. And so over the coming months, we're in the process of trying to transition that support from finance and administration and planning where it was to administrative information services. And when I'm talking about these things, by the way, I'm talking about the function and not necessarily individuals. So um, in many cases, everyone involved in any of these things that I'm mentioning now has already been spoken with, and um, we're thinking through how we're going to make these changes. So um, it, I, the reason I haven't mentioned any names is because it's not necessarily individuals, it's functions. Um, then next is align the inventory function more closely with desktop computing support. Um, the person in charge of in inventory really works very, very closely with all the groups in, in in that area and in that building. And so we thought it would make sense to have that person actually report um, in, into that organization. So it will, that function will move from finance administration and planning to support services. Um, and then we're going to realign the 87 prospect facilities management function. This was the only function where the, the person responsible for a building and managing that building and the various aspects of it didn't actually report to someone in that building, and we just thought it would make more sense if they did. Um, and so we're going to move that from finance and administration and planning to support services. And I think Stephen will probably be, I don't know if you're going to be talking more specifically about any of these things later, but... And you will be hearing about it at some point. And then finally, we're, uh, for really kind of the same reasons, realign the telecommunications finance function more closely with telecommunications, since that function really deals only with telecommunications and the person is, um, sits with the people that are doing the t work of telecommunications. So we're going to move that function there, too. Okay. Now, that's the functional alignment area. And by the way, at the very end of all of this, we'll have time for questions and answers, so if you have any. Um, the second area we covered was roles and responsibilities. Um, and I think while the missions, as I said, of each of the OID departments have been clarified, in some cases, roles and responsibilities are still unclear at the unit and individual level. So we tried to come up with a plan for how to address this, and we'll, we'll be doing more than just these things. But as a first step, we thought we would take the list of OIT services which we have and try to map all of those services to OIT units and groups just to see if they all end up somewhere, number one, and if it seems to make sense. Um, and then we're going to try to use annual progress reports to validate a person's role or responsibility to make sure it really is reflecting the kinds of things we do, the services we provide. And I think this will help all of you because some of the comments I've heard from individuals is sometimes they're, you know, focusing on their job and they're not, they're not exactly sure where it fits within the overall organization. Um, then we want to as a result of trying to do that, update job descriptions. Some of the job descriptions we have for positions have really changed dramatically, and we've never revised the job descriptions to um, reflect that. So we will be doing that, hopefully, and that will help a lot. And then we are going to review unit and group names and rename them as needed. Now, a few of you have already sort of gotten a little jump start and done a little tweaking of your own, and that's great. Um, the important thing, I think, is to get names of units that really reflect what the unit does, not only to us, but to our customers, so that when they hear that you work in a certain group, they know more or less what that group does. Obviously, not exactly, but... 
And then after we accomplish all that, which will probably take a while, we're going to look at job titles um, and make sure that they actually, that we have titles that reflect a person's role and a person's level within the OIT organization. And as you know, we have both IT bands and we have administrative uh, classification levels. So we're going to be looking at both of those and try to come up with um, consistent titles that fit the roles and levels within the OIT organization. Now, we won't be changing the actual HR classification that's in the system that the HR organization um, and, and OIT worked out originally. So this will be the title that you would put on your business card and things like that. Um, we're going to create an internal OIT Facebook. I would like to have, it's been my goal for a long time, and, and I think now most people would probably say this is a good idea, um, online pictures of all of you with your names and your titles. And it will help, for one thing, it would really help me because sometimes I'm talking to someone on the phone and if I could just see the face, I would feel better about it. You know, I would say, oh yes, I know that person really well. And um, I think it would help all of you because it's nice to know um, who you're talking to and what they look like and all of that. And uh, so we will do this, but this is go not going to be external in any way because I know that that can cause a lot of problems. And we're going to work at this uh, slowly. I think actually Academic Services has already done this, so they're ahead of us. So we might look at their examples and see how we like them. <laughs> Um, and then we're going to try to formalize an OIT-wide staff development program. Um, we, we have a lot of wonderful people in this organization, and we want to make sure that you all feel like you can grow, you can expand your responsibilities, you can move into new areas if you want, and that your job, as your job responsibilities increase, you actually are given the skills through training or whatever to be able to carry out those job responsibilities. So um, we're going to work on that, and you'll be hearing more about that a little later. Okay, the third area we looked at, as I said, was cross-functional teams. Um, I think the cross-functional teams vary pretty much in their clarity and in how they feel about what they think their role is and what they think their authority is. Some of you felt, I think actually some of the members of the cross-functional teams didn't think they were doing as good a job as I think they were doing. So I, I, because I think for one thing, to start out with, most of these teams, what you needed to do and what you've done successfully is, okay, if, if you're a team coordinating um, software, for example, well, what do we have in terms of software and who maintains it and how do people get access to it and et cetera. And so once we got the baseline, then we can start thinking about ways to improve people's access to software, let's say. So I think many of the teams have have really done a great job, number one, at building relationships among the members, and number two, at kind of taking stock of what's already there before we move ahead and set goals. But we do want to make sure that going forward we have clearly set short and long-term goals um, for the team so that they feel they know um, what they're doing. Um, we also felt, we heard from some people that they weren't aware of what some of the cross-functional teams were doing. And so we want to do a better job at communicating, and so we're going to do quarterly status reports for each team, and we'll put those, again, in a public place so that you can all, all see what's going on. And then, hopefully, if you have good ideas, you can contribute. And finally, we're going to revisit the memberships of these teams. Um, in some cases, people commented that they thought the team was too big to be really effective. Um, in other cases, 
people thought it might be nice to give someone else a chance. Um, so I think what we'll do is we'll try to revisit all of the memberships, and we may have core teams that are smaller than the team originally or, or has become, let's say, and then subgroups or whatever. We'll try to do this in a way that um, manages the size of the groups and still allows it to focus clearly on what we're trying to get done. So hopefully that you'll be hearing more about that. And then the fourth area was internal communication, which I think is a really, really important one. Um, I think in, in some cases, again, people said they were not aware of what was going on outside of their group. Um, and uh, so one of the things we thought we'd do, as you know, we have the OIT leadership group, which is the group of all the managers within OIT. And we talked about, and actually I haven't, talked about this with the OIT leadership group yet, so folks, I'll be asking you if you think this is a good idea, and you can tell me. But we were thinking that we maybe could convert one meeting per semester of the OIT leadership group to an all-OIT meeting. And this would not be a mandatory meeting of any kind, but it would be a meeting where Anybody could come and get updated on what's going on in OIT. It's nice to get together more often. It sounds better than it is easy to do, let's say. Um, first of all, it's a lot of work to organize a meeting like this, and I'm sure all the people that prepared the technology for this meeting wouldn't want to have to do this ten times a year. And uh, so we'd like something where we can get together more often but have it be a little more informal, a little more casual, and not necessarily required for anyone to come. And I think that might also help. We can have more exchange going on in the meetings, et cetera. So you can look forward to thinking about something like that. And I'll, I'll be asking for suggestions because I'm always willing to think about what will work better. Um, then we're going to use technology more to stream meetings and publish meetings on the web. Um, I think that we found in some of the PeopleSoft training and in various other things that have been, been done, the video for the new freshmen at Princeton, that people are very used to video now, and they, they like watching it on their computer. It's a good way to get information. So we're going to try to do a little more of that, um, and hopefully that will be another way that we can keep everyone more well-informed. Then we are going to create, try to create some fun activities to reinforce knowledge about OIT. We, you know, this was probably late in the day. We were getting tired, and we said, okay, well, we can have a quiz, and we can, you know, have a prize for the person who knows the most trivia about OIT. And, you know, we got a little silly, but in, in actuality, I think there are some things we could do to help make it a little more fun to learn about what other areas in the organization do. And so we're going to try to think about that at some point. Um, we're going to prepare quarterly updates that we're going to publish to the staff. Um, we actually, among the directors, do a lot of updating all the time, and it won't be too difficult for us to get that down on paper and then put it out on the web for people to see. So we're going to try to do a better job of that. Um, I'd like to encourage directors, and my kind of encouraging, you know what that means. It means you will probably do this, right, uh, to visit other OIT department meetings. So I think it's really good if the person responsible for administrative systems, for example, goes to the academic area and learns what they're doing, and vice versa. Inevitably, there will be ways that you will see that you might be able to collaborate or suggestions and things like that, and we'll all learn more about what each other is doing. And then, as I said um, before, we're going to offer an orientation program not only for the ambassadors but for new hires. Um, and I think Stephen yesterday was calling it a boot camp for the ambassadors, so that sounds like it could be fun. And then the ambassador meetings, I think, in, in trying to work on... <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, I guess it doesn't sound like fun to some people. <laughs> so for the ambassador meetings, um, you know, the ambassadors now, uh, there's a, meeting, a monthly meeting to help inform the ambassadors of what's going on. We want the directors to be more informed about what's going on in the ambassador meetings and also to help make sure that we're conveying the information that they want ambassadors to be uh, armed with when they go to departments. Because in some cases, um, the directors will have a good idea of the kinds of questions that get asked by various departments. So we're going to try to um, ask directors or maybe one of their delegates, depending on, um, to attend meetings and kind of help out there. Okay, and finally, let's take a look at the other things that the managers commented on that said needed addressing that we didn't have time to address in the retreat, but we're going to deal with them in upcoming cabinet meetings. So here are the other things to focus on. We've mentioned the ambassador program, external communication. We didn't really focus on it at the retreat, although we know we can do a better job at that and will. Um, Project planning, prioritizing, and management. I think the prioritizing part is the really important part there. And we've, we're, we're doing a better job of it at the director level, and we need to make sure that that's communicated to everyone. Service level agreements, which we've talked about. I've probably talked about it since I got here, and we haven't quite gotten there yet. But I do believe, again, a service level agreement is important not because I think we need something on record on paper, but because it helps groups agree as to what they're going to do and how long it's going to take them to do it. I think what happens very often is in our, you know, in our desire to always say we're going to help, one group in OIT will say to another group, I need this thing done, and the other group will say, sure, and then, of course, no one, know, no one talked about, okay, exactly when are you going to start, how long will it take, when will it get done? And so we end up with these miscommunications and people suddenly say, gee, I wonder where that is. But we never really had a clear understanding of when things would be done and how long they would take to do. The other thing this will really help with, personally, for me, it will be terrific because I, it's hard for me to make a case for more resources if I don't have a good handle on how much resource it takes to do X. So um, if we're, I just happened to see Chuck Augustine, so that made me think of servers and databases. If I don't know, you know, how many there are, how long it takes to set up a database, you know, how, how much time it takes to manage one and maintain one, um, then I can't go back and say we don't have enough staff. So I think all of this will help us hopefully make our jobs easier because we'll know more what to expect from each other in terms of service and um, also we'll be able to argue for additional resource when we need it. Um, the OIT leadership group uh, is, is, has been doing great, uh, a great job on its own, and I think uh, many people, the, the most common comment I got from the managers on it were that different people thought it was useful for different reasons or thought its purpose was something different from what someone else thought its purpose was. So I think um, in the beginning we kind of set up the OIT leadership group and thought, well, they'll just figure out what they're going to do. And in some sense, we thought maybe what would happen is they would help to solve cross-organizational problems. But in fact, when we set up the cross-functional teams, they are much more effective of that, of course, because they're focused on a particular area, they're smaller groups, et cetera. So I think the OIT leadership group, I'd like to do some work with the, with the steering group of that um, group and try to figure out what you all feel your purpose is and should be. I mean, for me, a very important part of it 
and maybe the most important part is the communication, is the getting together, getting to know people really well. Um, anything beyond that is almost a plus to me. So, but we're going to look at that together. And then finding in, internal cooperation and teamwork. I think you're all doing a terrific job at that. I really do. And I think the only times we have issues with that are when, again, we haven't communicated well what the expectations are or things like that. It's, I mean, communication is so important, and understanding um, what the various responsibilities are and who's, who's taking responsibility for something. So it's, it's all a communication um, issue. But in general, I think the work that you all do, and of course, recently all the problems with the um, viruses and worms have shown that when something needs to happen, somehow the right people always get together and figure out how to make it happen. So um, you're doing a terrific job, and just uh, I want to thank you and con say continue the good work. And finally, I'd like you to look at this quote, and I think I'll read it because I really want you to think about it. It says, change has a considerable psychological impact on the human mind. To the fearful, it is threatening because it means that things may get worse. To the hopeful, it is encouraging because things may get better. And to the confident, it is inspiring because the challenge exists to make things better. And I think what that says, in a way, is that each of us determines how successful we are at bringing about changes in ourselves, but also in bringing about changes in the OIT organization. So I want to encourage each of you individually to see change as inspiring, as in this quote, and to help OIT continue to make things better. And I think that will work not only for us ourselves and for our customers. And one example of a positive change, I think, that was inspired by efforts from almost every single group in the OIT organization, I would, I would venture to say, is the new OIT Solutions Center at Frist. I mean, everyone almost in this organization had some aspect of either preparing for it or will be working there, et cetera. And so I know this is going to be a tremendous um, success with everyone. It's, it was a great idea, and people are just going to love it. It's obvious. And I hope that you will stop by. The center is actually opened, although the ribbon cutting is tomorrow. And I hope you'll stop by and visit the center. Um, I was over there the other day, and there was someone there with a problem. And she said, you know, I came in here. This was into the area where the stool, the neat little orange stools are. And she said, I was so upset about my problem, but this environment here is so friendly and cheerful that I just wasn't stressed out anymore. I came in, and there were so many people around working on things, I knew I'd be helped, and I calmed down. And I thought, this is terrific. This is going to be the greatest center in Princeton. And so that's great. And I hope that you will come by. Tomorrow's the ribbon-cutting ceremony. It's from 1.30 to 2.30, and we're going to have light refreshments. So I hope you will come by. Um, and that, that's all that I wanted to talk about. And as I said, I think I'm going to wait until the very end for questions and answers. Uh, so I'd like to have each of the directors come up now because they're going to talk to you a little bit about, as I said, the successes of their group this past year, the plans for the future, and they're also going to introduce the new folks. So um, we can probably bring the lights up because I don't think any of them are using slides. And the first area... Oh, you're going to have to borrow that coat right away, Serge. Is academic services. <laughs> and Serge Goldstein, once he, uh, oh, he's not getting it. They're not sharing anymore. <laughs> we had a miscommunication about the dress code. Oh, there we go. There we go. 
Okay. And we told Serge not to raise his arms because the sleeves are a little short. Hmm. This is your paycheck? Oh, God. Uh, well, I'm Serge Goldstein. I'm the director of the Academic Services Directorate. And um, I guess I should start by saying that last year was really a, a wonderful year for academic services. We accomplished a lot of things. I'll mention a few of them today. But all of those accomplishments, of course, were due to the uh, outstanding staff that we have. I don't have time to mention everyone here, but Betty has asked us in particular to mention and name the new people to our staffs. So last year, three people joined academic services, and I want to single them out and hopefully pronounce their names correctly and get all the other information correctly. Um, and in no particular order, let me start with um, Meredith Cronline. Meredith, stand up. There's Meredith in the back. Meredith joined Media Services last year as an administrative assistant, and she's taken on a number of the office and job management tasks of Media Services, and that has freed up the rest of the Media Services staff so that I can get even more work out of them. And it's been, it's been a wonderful thing. Also, Meredith has really become the face of media services to our customers. And Don, I think given the other choices in the group, I think that's a very, a very good thing. I think, yeah. Anyway, Meredith is, uh, her office is in New South, in the basement at Media Services. Please visit her there. Come by and say hi. She'll be happy to help you out. Uh, don't go there after a big rainstorm, however, because it's possible they'd be under a bit of water. But other than that, please, please do go there. Meredith, welcome. And thank you. Uh, the second person I wanted to mention is Eric Lubell. Is Eric here today? Eric, please stand up. Everyone, Eric Lubell, he joined um, the Educational Technology Center uh, staff last year as their media manager. And among his many, many duties, Eric is responsible for handling all the rights negotiations for the use of images and other resources by ETC. He has to make sure that we actually have permission to use all the things that, that we're doing, that we're using. Um, if Eric fails in that task, of course, he would be relocating to a federally sponsored facility. <laughs> uh, Eric, I don't know if that was mentioned to you during the job interview process. but. But so far, he's done well because he's still here, as are the rest of us. No, he's doing a wonderful job. The other thing I wanted to mention about Eric is in his spare time, he runs a thing called the Princeton Independent, which is a web-based journal for the Princeton community, and it's really terrific. Take a look at it on the web. I think it's www.princetonindependent.org.com. Okay, .com. And it's, it's really a, a very nice website. The third person, and again, in no order. Oh, Eric. Um, and Eric, you can visit Eric on uh, the third floor of this building, Frist, in the ETC offices. The third person is Dennis McRitchie. Dennis, are you? There he is, way over there. Dennis joined the recently renamed Research and Application Support Group. This is Kurt Hilligus's group in academic services that is supporting research computing and academic applications. Dennis is a programming master of all trades, I would, I would say, um, and he's been excelling in that role. He's, uh, he's been shifting our effort to get the, user, the 
Princeton Software Repository into high gear and helping Kirch set up the research computing effort in that group. Dennis is in room 327 at 87 Prospect and will be happy to see you, come in and talk to him, even if you don't speak Java. Though, I think if you do, it's better, right, Dennis? Uh, Java, C, Pearl, and English as well. So anyway, Dennis, welcome, and thanks, Dennis. Um, among accomplishments of the past year, I want to single out a couple because they're sort of new things for us that we're trying out. And the, the biggest new initiative has been our effort in to support research computing uh, at Princeton. Uh, Kurt Hillegas' group um, has been charged with um, doing that on the science and engineering front. And uh, they recently acquired a Beowulf cluster, which is a cluster of Dell computers in Iraq that all kind of operate together as one giant supercomputing facility. Uh, Kurt also spearheaded the creation of the Research Computing Advisory Group, which is a group that brings Princeton IT folks and research faculty together and has been very successful last year. We've, we've got much better communications now with researchers at Princeton. Uh, also in the research arena, I want to mention Ralph, uh, Ralph Alvarado. Is Ralph here? There he is. Stand up. Ralph recently moved over from Educational Technology Center to 87 Prospect to head up a new group, and I'll say group, though, in this case, currently it's RAF. Uh, <laughs> the new group is called uh, the Humanities Computing uh, Support Group, and it is specifically focusing on support of research in the humanities, uh, mostly focusing on text, dealing with uh, electronic uh, converting text into an electronic medium and, and manipulating it and searching it and doing various things with it. So this is an exciting new initiative that RAF will be starting up this year. Um, oh. um, beyond that, there were a lot of things that we did that were not new so much, but that, that kept uh, highlighting our staff and, and how well it performs. I want to mention uh, Dave Hopkins, who took over from Dave Harrington as manager of the New Media Center. Is Dave here? Dave Hopkins? This was a new assignment for Dave, and he's been doing this for a year, and he, he's still standing and alive and well, so I think that it's, it's been going extremely. That's very exciting. Meanwhile, Mr. Harrington joined Alberta and I in the central office of academic services. He's been taking on special projects and doing a terrific job. He's become our sort of instant application creator, rapid application developer. And lastly, I wanted to mention a departure and a, and a change. Last year, as you know, Kirk Alexander left us, well, this year, rather recently, to go off to California. And... Um, Janet Timos of Educational Technologies took over as acting director of that group. So there's Janet. And please, I know we've, we've sent out an announcement about this, but I just want to emphasize it again. I know you'll join me in wishing her success. Um, lastly, and quickly, I know I shouldn't take too much time, I want to mention a few key projects for the coming year for our directorate. Um, a couple that are taking place in Educational Technology Center that are very exciting. One of them is called the Cosmology Project, which is um, 
an exploration of contemporary ideas on the origins and evolution of the universe. And ETC will work with faculty at Princeton to put together a sort of web-based presentation. They'll have interviews of faculty, uh, visualizations of um, various astronomical kinds of phenomena. And I think it's going to be very, very exciting. And another one is um, ETC is working with Princeton faculty to document an archaeological dig in Syria. And um, they're actually going to attempt to create sort of a virtual rendering of this archaeological site. And they're going to be documenting the dig as it takes place and putting up resources and information about that. So it's a very exciting project and highlights some of the ways ETC is working with Princeton faculty to bring education and research to life um, with information technology. Um, a couple of other key projects. We'll be completing the upgrade to Blackboard 6 in the coming year and, and making sure that Blackboard 6 works and works well for, for our faculty and students. I mentioned Raf Alvarado, um, who's going to be sort of jump-starting our humanities computing e-tech support. Um, the Beowulf cluster I've mentioned, again, we're going to be trying to build use uh, of that facility among uh, faculty at Princeton. Um, and a couple of others, La um, the Language Resource Center is going to be moving to a new uh, facility in the newly re renovated Humanities uh, Center, which is, I think, very exciting for Mayana Crucius. And last, but certainly not least, we're going to be doing some more work on the Princeton Software Repository and making sure that that's a really a, a top-notch facility that gets people access to the software they need um, in a timely manner. So those are some of the things we're going to be doing this year. Again, thank you to everyone in academic services and to also to all the people outside of academic services who are key contributors to our efforts. I think of all the departments at OIT, we are in some ways the most dependent on the combined services of the entire organization. Our servers are managed by EIS and other groups, and, and support services provides a lot of help to us in many, many ways. So thank you to all the other groups of OIT for helping us out. Okay, I discovered one thing about needing to work on job descriptions and titles, and that is somehow I missed Meredith when I was introducing administrative support staff. So welcome and thank you to you also, and I'm sorry that we didn't have that right. Um, and Serge, thank you very much uh, for talking. And I just wanted to say that Serge, <laughs> we love Serge, right? He borrows jackets. Um, we had talked about, other than introducing, I'm only saying this so that other directors don't have to feel that they have to change their presentation. We talked about only mentioning the new hires and trying not to mention everyone in the, in the, in the department by name because we would go on, you know, forever. So, of course, Serge, you know, did a great job. Did a great job. <laughs> so no one else has to feel like now they need to suddenly remember to mention everyone in their group because we'll all understand. You, you all do a terrific job, we know. So, okay, um, the next person... Um, is Colin Curry for Administrative Information Services. You ready to come up? Okay, good. Colin just got back from vacation, so I was trying to give him as much time as possible to settle down here. <laughs> Do I need the jacket? No. Okay. okay. <laughs> you have a starched shirt. <laughs> <laughs> good morning, friends. I, uh, you know, oh, please don't, don't make me follow Serge. <laughs> 
I've been away for 10 days, and I, I gave no thought to Princeton. I'm sorry. <laughs> Except that one, please don't let me follow, Serge. And, uh, you know, how do you, that's a tough act to follow. Um, I had hoped to at least be able to give the illusion that I could stand up here and speak about what we've done over the, the last year and what we're going to do over the coming year, but I, I can't do that yet. Um, I, I'm just coming into my third month here, and um, I, I still have a lot to learn about uh, AIS and about Princeton, uh, but at the same time, I feel like I've had an extraordinary crash course on what we do, what our responsibilities are to the university, and I have the entire AIS team to thank for that. Um, every single staff member uh, within our group has been extraordinary in helping me understand what we do, how we do it, who we do it for. Um, so my sincere uh, gratitude to all of you for everything you've done to help me get up to speed uh, over the last couple months. Um, it was asked that we introduce uh, new hires. Uh, we have, well, we have two, I suppose. Um, although one is really not a new hire. Uh, Ash Hadap has been a consultant to us for two and a half years. And, um, uh, you know, we're just getting around to thinking that, okay, he, he, that, that, that's fine. You, 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 you can join the staff. Um, I'm, I'm not certain what Ash's title will be. As Betty said, we're... we're uh, uh, rethinking title. So for now, we'll use uh, the, the title of Emperor of uh, <laughs> Campus Community. Uh, Ash will be. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Ash will be our, our main go-to person for making sure that what is a, a vital application for us and and for the university uh, will run smoothly and effectively. So, welcome, Ash. And the second new hire is a guy named Colin Curry, who, um, as I mentioned before, is only really half here today anyway. So um, I wanted to uh, run through a quick list of what uh, this team has accomplished over the last year. And I'll, I'll run through it quickly, and it really won't do justice to um, the enormity of uh, what this accomplishment was. Um, so bear with me as I run, run through what is a very long list of, of projects um, in terms of implementations, we implemented uh, the, the score system, the, the uh, web-based uh, uh, course enrollment, uh, a Java-based financial aid application, uh, web-based undergraduate admissions application. Um, we have a, a responsibility to the government to provide um, important information on students here who are here on an exchange or uh, you know visiting student. Basis. Uh, this started. I think we had allotted something like 20 person hours to this, and it's now measured in person months. Uh, it, uh, the, that's the the uh, Civis compliance uh, software. Uh, we've done further uh, development and enhancement of the data mall, um, and uh, in, including uh, new new stores, including the uh, the uh, time collection store. Uh, new de de developmental uh, charges system, the COIUS grants management system, a centralized ticketing system, phase one of easy communications. We have, uh, at this point, successfully upgraded PeopleSoft HR, student administration, uh, and campus community, and are in the process of upgrading uh, the financial suite. 
Um, we've upgraded Development Advance, Resource 25, the Diebold housing software, and we've added enhancements to time collection, the interface hub, uh, campus receivables, uh, Stripes, which is a development office application, and uh, the demand uh, portal system has uh, gone to version 2.1. So I think by anyone's measure, that is, a, that is a terrific list of accomplishments for that team over the course of the past year. Um, the coming year uh, is, is a very, I, I think, interesting and exciting and fun one for us. We have a, a number of substantial projects and um, really meaningful projects. It's, it's really fun to come in here and, and, um, and watch this happen. Uh, as I mentioned, the, the PeopleSoft Financials application uh, is in the process of being upgraded and will likely go live in the early part of 2004. Uh, PeopleSoft student systems for the undergraduate college uh, and the admission office uh, will reinitiate in the coming year, and uh, that's likely to be about a two-year effort. That's a great big project. Um, we'll be redesigning the labor accounting application, upgrading stripes, uh, re-architecting the campus receivables application, uh, making further enhancements to the time collection uh, system, implementing a uh, what's called an RDS, but a, a centralized database instance for uh, HR, um, primarily based on the PeopleSoft data. Uh, we'll be collecting parental information via the web, uh, replacing of, um, a substantial portion of the user front end of the data mall with one or more new technologies. Uh, which will allow us a whole lot more functionality and um, a, a much better user interface. Um, NCAA eligibility tracking. Uh, we'll be implementing some new uh, PeopleSoft functionality, including e-recruit and uh, leave accrual, making further enhancements to development advance, and um, further building on metadata for the uh, data mall stores. Um, so it's, it's just an enormous list of things that we'll be uh, tackling in the coming year. A uh, quick look at our goals, and I'll, I'll just present them on a very high level. Um, our, our primary goal is to deliver outstanding service to our customers, and I think that's probably a goal we all have in this room, um, but, but something that we take very seriously. Uh, we will be putting um, specific effort into proactively uh, researching the topic areas um, that are touch points for what we do and increasingly becoming proactive partners in helping our customers make good informed decisions about how, how they'll use technology uh, going forward. And uh, we hope to further open channels of communications with other peer institutions so that we're able to leverage what they're doing and help them understand what we're doing as well. Um, am I doing okay? Okay. Um, I, I know we're not supposed to do specific thank yous, but I, I do have two that I want to make. Um, first of all, I, I have to say a very special thank you to Nancy Costa uh, for all your assistance and, and helping me get up to speed. And uh, I cannot imagine how you, how you covered both responsibilities for as long as you did. So, excellent job. 
Um, a lot of the work uh, around what projects we'll be doing in the coming year are done in coordination with our customers through an organization called ASPG. And um, I, I think this is, a, this is a wonderful mechanism for um, coming to a consensus with all of our customers on where uh, the priorities of AIS should be placed. Um, and Nancy has been the, the chair of that um, and will continue to chair that, that committee for us. Um, and it's, uh, she clearly does a terrific job, and it, it's a great help to us. Um, and then the next person I wanted to thank isn't even in the room. Um, Joyce Bell, uh, who, who is the uh, assistant in our group, and I, she's on vacation right now, and I think she strategically picked her vacation time so she couldn't be publicly embarrassed like this. However, she hadn't caught on, uh, she counted on streaming media, so uh, if you're watching this, Joyce, I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> you're being publicly embarrassed anyway. I, I could not have gotten through the last two months without her assistance. Um, and, and again, with the assistance of everyone in AIS. So thanks very much. This is the part of the meeting I like the best because I get to make commentary after each person speaks, right? And when Colin was talking about the crash course where they were telling him what we do, how we do it, and who we do it for, I thought to myself, and he was probably thinking, why would you ever want to do this? <laughs> so I'm glad you didn't say that. Um, and then I just wanted to point out that obviously I have completely lost control because an, a second person has now mentioned people individually, <laughs> but all with good reason. So it's absolutely fine. Anyway, the next person will be Dan Oberst for Enterprise Infrastructure Services. Dan? Um, I'd like to start off by just welcoming a couple of, uh, actually three new staff that came to Enterprise Infrastructure Services. And maybe I'll have them all stand and I'll embarrass them uh, as, as a group. Uh, Charles Kruger, where's Charles? There we are, okay. Uh, Anthony Scaturo, here's Anthony, and Mary Ng. Uh, three really terrific additions to the EIS staff. Uh, Charles uh, has been here for uh, almost a year now. It's uh, getting on a year, getting close to a year. Uh, came from the uh, SAIC, which is the parent company of Telcordia, where he was the manager of the data center operations and has just done a terrific job. I mean, we have a superb staff in EIS, and the Unix group that uh, Charles manages is, is a terrific set of folks. Uh, but he's come in to really just you know, work with that group, uh, set new goals, uh, uh, set new levels of achievement that have just been terrific. You know, this is the group that basically you know, is there uh, in the middle of the night you know, putting the machines back up, like Sunday night when TSM1 went down. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's that group that really is at the, at the base of a lot of the operations, so a terrific job that, uh, that he's been doing. Uh, Anthony Scaturo, we were very fortunate uh, um, that the um, Priorities com uh, Committee gave us uh, funding for a position for an IT security officer. Anthony came in uh, uh, just with a terrific background. He's been doing IT stuff for about 30 years. Uh, he was uh, doing security at RCN, probably about a dozen years just doing IT security. He was at J.P. Morgan. Uh, and I think some of us said, you know, 
is this industry guy going to grok like you know how universities work? And he really has. It's been terrific. I think he's understood. And and in fact, the first thing he said was, "Look, I'm not the guy with the hammer. Okay, I'm not here to sort of tell you what you need to do. You tell me what you want. I'll tell you, you know, what the the balance is between being very secure and and being in a lockdown state. And you'll decide where you want to be. And I think he's had that uh, the ability to take that out uh, with high visibility, uh, working with uh, folks in the cabinet throughout the university. Uh, to basically get the message out. Having done that, okay, we went back uh, to the priorities committee and said, well, this is great, but we really need someone in the trenches to help. You know, we're going to do all this wonderful stuff, but, you know, we need people to do uh, uh, scanning. We need people to do proactive, uh, not just intrusion detection, but intrusion prevention. So Anthony went out. We got money from the priorities committee again, and we were able to get Mary Eng, who came to us uh, from the Defense Naval Underseas Warfare Center. So, you know, man the torpedoes when Mary's around. Um, Mary's worked on intrusion detection, prevention, firewalls, encryption software, forensic analysis, really just the team that we've been looking for. Again, working with departments, working with folks throughout OIT, this is a team effort. And Anthony, I think, will tell everyone that security is not something that a person or a couple people do. It's a real team effort. But what we told the Priorities Committee uh, was if we get this position and set of positions, we can leverage all the folks who do all the good work in the departments and really get them going as one. And, of course, Mary arrived, like, you know, right in the throes of, you know, Stealther and Blaster and So Big. I mean, it was, <clears throat> I think Mary hasn't stopped spinning since she got here. So welcome to Charles and Anthony and Mary. So accomplishments. Well, it's, it's been a busy year in Lake Wobegon, uh, as they say. Uh, let me just, I'll just highlight over these things, and again, I will probably skip some number of things, and I will have difficulty, in fact, talking about a lot of the day-to-day -day operation that folks do. And again, you know, we, we sort of joked about what's the motto of Enterprise Infrastructure Services, and it was sort of like, you know, we're working when you don't know we are. Okay? I mean, when things are going smoothly, it's because folks have been, A, doing their homework, and B, they're making it, you know, just keep going. So, but in addition to all that, we have things like uh, we did a BlackBerry exchange uh, pilot, and we're hoping uh, in the fall uh, to be able to actually roll this out to uh, departments who really want this. This is the ability to get your email on this little device almost anywhere in the country. And it's, it's a terrific, uh, it's, it's terrific, but it took, you know, some work to set it up. So that's been done. Uh, we have a local Gartner uh, uh, web. If you're interested in the Gartner research, there's a place you can go where you can get access to all the Gartner uh, reports on a monthly basis. There's uploaded. Uh, we've done work on initial sign-on for when you go to a website, instead of having to give your password dozens of times, go to one place, give your password once. That'll work across a set of, of websites. Um, the architecture uh, team, uh, I don't think we ever thought we would have, you know, architecture. I think we tried so many times we thought it was impossible, but I think with leadership and, again, work with a, a good cross-functional team, we've actually got some good uh, documents on IT architecture uh, and, and a, a set of processes in place to keep those updated. 
Uh, we've done computer vulnerability uh, testing. We have a password security project that's underway. Uh, there was uh, work help managing, and again, with terrific support across all of OIT for the Information Village Fair, where we had about 1,000 people come to this area here. Uh, and then just continued involvement with organizations in higher ed. Uh, we had a, a group of uh, peer institutions show up here. The, uh, the so-called Common Solutions Group uh, was here uh, in May and helped host that. Um, I'm going to go on and on. TSM, you know, was a was a mess about a year ago, and we've got that back on a on a steady uh, the backups on a regular basis. Uh, updated web uh, reports, user registration, uh, Maestro upgrades, Tivoli monitoring, just a whole set of of things uh, in the web services area. Uh, the faculty and computer student programs, there's a whole back end that basically gets done by the folks in web services to make that registration for faculty and students work. Uh, we did surveys for about 25 departments and, and, and users, uh, 25 core administrative uh, university sites, 10 uh, departments, and, and a web calendar, uh, a web events calendar that has 211 calendars, 250 users, including Woodrow Wilson Athletics and School of Engineering. We did password synchronization. You all went through that. Password synchronization hell, you know, that was brought to you by the fine folks in Enterprise Infrastructure <laughs> Services. Uh, spam filtering. Now, that is a, people seem to like that. Spam filtering. <laughs> Here we're that spam. Uh, we actually, uh, when the so big uh, virus came in, we actually started blocking at the at the gateway. It never came in. So between eight and nine thousand messages an hour were being thrown away and not being you know, delivered. I mean, we were stripping the viruses. Okay, we were, but people were saying, "What is this? You know, deleted zero dot text that says thank you? I mean, why are they thanking me for deleted dot zero? You know, and who is this person?" So. Just to get rid of that confusion, we actually started stripping those things out. We brought the, um, these are my toys here, uh, Secure ID. Some of you have seen this, the little the replacement fob for that big ugly thing you used to have to carry around to sign into systems. That was something we did. Uh, Novell migration. There is no more Novell. Hallelujah. That was a great accomplishment. Um, uh, we put redundant mail servers in place. You know, if post office one goes down, there's a post office two. SMTP server one goes down, there's SMTP server two. So we're doing things like that to keep the services running. The Atachi uh, uh, SAN has been expanded and improved. Uh, ongoing support for uh, uh, 200 academic and administrative servers. Uh, and we have a hosting service we're providing for departments. Folks who have machines sitting under secretaries' desks in closets at 110 degrees, you know, just sort of ready to fall over, you know, we can put them in our cool air-conditioned machine room and host them for departments. And we've got a number of departments that are taking us up on that. Having done that, what do we do next year? What are our goals? Well, you know, we're working on improved communication and collaboration inside our group, and I think we're working on that, and also outside. It's a it's a never-ending process, so uh, we're really hoping to to get the communication uh, working. Um, looking for improved web services, uh, ways to manage web content for central websites and departments, extend the campus CGI facility so that we can do things like PHP, uh, active server pages, front page extensions. Um, we're hoping to implement a unified uh, file system, that is to take the FREDs, which are the NFS servers, the various NT servers around campus, and put them all into what's called a NAS, a network attached storage, so that it all will be in one place. Uh, we believe, A, it will be uh, better for the users, it will be in one place, uh, but secondly, more cost effective uh, and easier to manage. And we're actually, in fact, this uh, Friday we're going off on a little field visit to look at one of the vendors.
Uh, we're going to look at replacing the whole accounting system that we have. The mainframe is going away. I hear rumors, uh, and we need a replacement for that. Um, we're looking to enhance the notification, uh, outage notification. You know, today we can tell you when a machine is down. It's hard to know when a particular service is down. So linking the services with the machines and who needs to know it is a, is a process that we're looking to, to implement. Um, looking to build, and we've started a data warehouse where we can not just know when a machine is down and what it's doing right now, but what did it do over the last day? What did it do over the last week? How about the last month? Do some trend analysis to see what machines are loaded, you know, what machines are, you know, are, are candidates to get replaced. We're putting an application database specialist program in place. This is so that the, the DBAs have uh, folks that can work within the application groups that can turn a lot of the routine, the routine work over to them so they can get quick response, and yet when they need high-level DBA help, there's a, a person there who can work with them directly. Uh, improving password security, intrusion uh, detection and prevention, and as I said, this whole notion of being able to roll out a, uh, a, a initial sign-on or a, um, a single sign-on so that folks don't have to sign on to applications, you know, time after time again. So lots of projects ahead, and, and let me just say one thing. I mean, this is talking about what Enterprise Infrastructure Services does. It's the whole OIT organization, and if anyone doubted that, okay, Three weeks ago, uh, you know, the Stelter virus hit the campus. You know, I was off on Cape Cod. Betty was down in North Carolina. I don't know where the rest of the IT directors were. Uh, you know, the the head of the of the NT group. I can't mention names. He was away, um, and yet, okay, a team came together. They, 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 they saw the problem, they began attacking it, and it didn't stop. I mean, after, after that, it was blasted and it was so big, but it has been a team effort and just really, really pleased and proud of the way the organization worked together. So thank you all. You weren't supposed to tell anybody we were all gone because, you know, it's job security, you know, we, they need to think we're important. Uh, also, um, you mentioned the word mainframe. We don't have a mainframe anymore, okay? Everybody remember that. It's an enterprise server. We told a lot of people the mainframe went away. Yeah. I think they all kind of know, but we kind of. Yeah, <laughs> a gap in the tape. Okay. Okay, the next person is going to be Nancy Costa from Finance Administration and Planning. Um, just like uh, Colin wished he didn't follow Serge, I had wished that I wouldn't follow Dan. <laughs> it's okay. We have very, very different areas. Um, first of all, finance administration and planning, or better known as FAP, or my least favorite expression, FAP. Um, <laughs> In fiscal year 03, the Finance Administration and Planning Group included a lot of different groups, and I just want to highlight the eclectic nature of this group. Um, the OIT Budget and Finance Group, OIT Building Management, OIT Communications, OIT Human Resources, OIT Inventory, PeopleSoft Security and Workflow Administration, the Princeton Project Office, and the Office of Printing and Mailing. Um, I'm going to deviate for a moment from my notes and just tell you a funny story that happened this morning. I'm walking the, uh, in the hall at 228 Alexander, um, telling everyone how nervous I am to come up and speak today. And Yvonne says to me, um, 
Why are you nervous? All you have to do is get up and tell everyone that you have the best group ever and that your life is complete. And that would sum everything up. So, Yvonne, wherever you are, I have said that, but unfortunately I still have to go on and say a few other things. Um, first, let me introduce uh, two new staff that joined the FAP organization during the past year. First, I'm going to start with our inventory group and Jonathan Stern. Is Jonathan here? Hi, Jonathan. Um, Jonathan joined us as a storeroom assistant. Uh, Jonathan's duties include dispensing and returning parts and unloading trucks and stocking shelves. Jonathan, welcome, back, welcome to Princeton. In our printing and mailing group, Luis Salazar. Is Luis here? Hi, Luis. Um, he is a senior bindery operator. Luis comes to Princeton with nearly 15 years of experience in a wide variety of bindery applications from some of the largest printing companies in New Jersey. Welcome, Luis. I'd like to mention that Luis replaced uh, Daryl Johnson, um, a reservist who was activated in February for duty in the Iraq War. Uh, Daryl is a technical sergeant in the U.S. Air Force Reserve Command, the 514th Air Mobility Wing. We'd, I'd like to ask that we all keep Daryl and his family in your prayers as we await his safe return to the un university. Now I'd like to highlight a few of the accomplishments that I'm most proud of um, in the FAP group and um, our plans for the coming year. I'd like to start again with the inventory group. I'm told that they're now using Apple's global access website um, to more easily research parts and warranty status and invoices. In addition, inventory shelving has been added um, that increased physical capacity by 5%. Uh, believe it or not, in fiscal year 03, 17,112 shipment, uh, shipments of parts were processed, costing us $2.5 million, a pretty um, impressive operation. Uh, printing and mailing had another very successful year and continues to make major strides in the movement to an all-digital color networked operation. I would like to specifically mention the progress that printing and mailing has made recently in building stronger relationships with the university's communication office. One project that I was personally involved in um, where printing and mailing staff have been very responsive and delivered within some very tight time frames, um, that was in the production of the famous quick reference cards for the PeopleSoft HRSA upgrade. I know Lee wrote a wonderful note, but I'd like to publicly recognize printing and mailing. We gave you some really tight deadlines, and um, that re the quick reference cards really put a finishing touch on our upgrade. So thank you all for that. The project office. Um, finance administration and planning can't take all the credit for the accomplishments in this area. We had a lot of help. And in particularly, uh, we formed a project advisory group. Working with this group, the project office delivered a light version of the methodology for small to medium-sized projects and a Blackboard project management collaboration website with many new templates and best practices. In the coming year, we have a simple objective. We want to work with more and more managers in OIT to help you manage your projects with the methodology. 
The Budget and Finance Group continued to help customers better understand OIT billings, which is no small task, um, and, and use the departmental charges system. Um, we our customers are now able to view their bills online, and in addition, um, the budget group um, created a quick reference card um, that is online um, that will actually help our customers understand the contacts and who they need to call if they have questions on their billing. And finally, um, the group also developed uh, new financial reports for the cabinet um, so that we are able to better track our, um, our, our financial performance. In the coming year, a key project in this area will be the development of a cost-benefit methodology for IT projects. It is critical that we develop a repeatable process that will be followed before, note before, we make investments in information technology so that we all clearly understand the value that investment will bring. It is often easy to quantify the costs, but what we really need to focus on is also to quantify the benefits and understand the value. Uh, using the best practices of other institutions and in collaboration with the Treasurer's Office, we now finally have e-commerce guidelines. Um, in addition, the poor points and student advantage programs were implemented, extending the use of the Princeton University ID card. Um, to date, over $72,000 has been spent using poor points on the ID card. Uh, Betty mentioned uh, earlier um, this comprehensive performance enhancement program. Um, we have been working with the Human Resource Office, and we're committed to uh, developing this program over time. So you might ask, well, what are the components of a comprehensive performance enhancement program? Well, I've identified five components. Performance assessment, compensation, goal setting, staff development, reward and recognition. Now, just to recap what we've done so far and what we still have left to do. Uh, during the past year, with the help of OIT focus groups, we did develop a new standard um, performance assessment form called the Staff Progress Report. The feedback from this form was generally very favorable. What you might also not know, though, is that we also piloted a new 360-degree feedback process for selected staff. We plan that each year we will rotate and select a different, different group of staff to go through the 360-degree feedback process. As with any of these new processes, whether it's the staff progress report or the 360-degree feedback process, we will review how these processes work and implement continuous improvement with each cycle. So we may not get it right, but it is very, the first time, but we hope as you go through these processes, you give us the feedback so that we can improve upon them each year. Um, Another thing you may not be aware of is that at the OIT cabinet level, we implemented a biannual review process for requesting salary adjustments outside of the annual merit increase program. Um, th this is something that the, um, the directors review twice a year so that we ensure that um, staff is being recognized for their performance. By the way, if you're curious about all of these kind of administrative things I'm talking about, um, on the OIT Blackboard website, we've now posted an OIT administrative calendar. So if you're ever curious about all the reports and all the processes we go through, please feel free to look at that calendar. It was quite a long list. Um, and finally, um, during the past year, we also learned about goal setting. 
Um, we use the goal-setting process and a new worksheet to help us identify, and I have some statistics. Right now we have 24 department goals spanning the five areas and 98 workgroup goals for fiscal year 04. All of these goals have been posted to the OIT website, and I'll be sending a note to everyone just to highlight all of these things that we've just posted. It is important to realize that goal setting is not just a once-a-year process, but that we'll be working with you throughout the year to monitor and update these goals as appropriate. So what's left? In the coming year, um, we'd like to pilot a staff development program. We'd like to also pilot a reward and recognition program and work with all of you to clarify unit and work group um, goal responsibilities and job descriptions. You will be hearing a new term standard business model. We plan to create a standard business model for key OIT services to ensure that OIT and our customers understand the roles and responsibilities in both delivering and using these services. This is going to be a big challenge, and I don't promise to do for all services, but I think we have to start um, looking for standard ways to make sure our customers understand better our services and what the roles and responsibilities are in delivering those services. All of these things I've mentioned for the coming year, um, you will be hearing more about these, probably more from Andy Rosano, but we will be give, uh, going to the leadership group, going to the different um, um, director meetings, and make sure everybody is aware of what's going on. It's, I don't want to go into a lot of detail now. Um, the other thing I'd like to mention, and I, I have been personally involved with the cross-functional teams, and as Betty mentioned, they did complete their first year of operation. Their first year, I would say, was a time of forming, storming, and norming. But hopefully we have gotten to the norming part. Um, with a focus on improving customer service, the teams have made significant progress towards documenting the current inventory and identifying improvements and beginning to implement these improvements. Most importantly, we are achieving the much-needed cross-organizational collaboration that we were striving for. I'd like to just mention um, one of the teams. As you know, we had we formed um, one, two, three, uh, six teams, and just so they're all given credit, we had a communications team, disaster recovery team, the facilities and office management team, IT architecture, software coordination, and training coordination. Of all the teams, I just. I have time to mention one thing, but I think it's something that we have all been personally impacted by, and that is that the facilities and office management team managed all of our office moves, which went, in my mind, very smoothly, and we are now all physically aligned with the new OIT organization, and they deserve a lot of um, thanks for that. A statistic. We don't have an exact number, but we feel that somewhere between 133 and 150 office moves took place in a very short period of time. So thanks very much to that team for their help with that. Um, and I'll continue to work with the cross-functional teams to update their charters, look at objectives, and obviously re uh, revisit their membership and make sure we have quarterly status reports. In conclusion, um, I believe that one of the most important reasons FAP exists is to help all of you be successful. For example, if you want help planning a project, come to the project office. If you need help with your budgets or your funding, come to the finance and budget group. If you need advice with job uh, descriptions or your training, um, we can help. If you have people problems, and I will leave it at that, you can come to us and we will help. 
Um, and finally, if you see that oh, certain OIT processes aren't working or that things should be improved, come see us. We can help facilitate improvement. So with that, FAP is a resource to you. Please use us. And I want to thank the FAP team for a great year. See, that wasn't so bad, was it? <laughs> and um, I think Nancy's closing comments were good. I was going to say something about the reorganization, and you'd say, you know, why are all these groups together? It does seem very eclectic, and what was the rationale? And, and I think her closing remarks kind of show that it's really the umbrella group for just about everything we do in OIT um, to keep everything working smoothly. And um, we look forward to working on a lot of those things that you mentioned today. I should say that the goals that we all put together, so the group goals, the department goals and the OIT organizational goals will also be, well, have already been shared with the president and the provost, and I will be having an individual meeting with the president, provost, and senior vice president to talk about OIT's goals for the years ahead and what we need from other people to be successful. So you're going to be hearing about that and asking, I mean, we need to make sure that we alert them to anything that we feel is an issue. You know, do we need involvement and support of people? Do we need additional resources, which, of course, they never want to hear. But, um, but we really should be thinking about what are the things we need from others to be successful. We spend a lot of time thinking about how we can do better ourselves internally. But, of course, there's always the other side of the equation, which is our customers, and they have responsibilities also. So we don't want to forget that. Um, okay, thank you. And the, I say this every year, but whether I go alphabetically by name or alphabetically by group, Stephen Sather in support services is always last. Um, so, but fortunately, we always love hearing from him. So, Stephen, thank you very much. Good morning. Um, I am what separates you from lunch outside. <laughs> um, before I start with the new employees, I want to add one more person to our list of administrative folks, and that's Dale Leon. So, Dale, would you please stand up? Stand up. Um, Support services this year um, was able to, through some replacements and some strategic additions to the staff, add 11 people to the staff this year. Um, and with the little realignment that's happening, we also have um, Jonathan Stern, who's going to be joining us. So we will have to 12, which is great, because that way we can put together our own calendar of new employees. Um, so instead of doing a lot of talking about everybody, as I go through the list, um, if you just want to stand up, and then we can all applaud for you when we get done with the, the um, 12 of you. We'll adopt you right away. Um, <laughs> Steve Voides from Hardware Support. Keith Bradley from Hardware Support. Tom Burrell from Telecommunications, Ed Cleary from Hardware Support, Vanessa Fox from Help Desk, Carol Hanawalt from um, Documentation Publications, Mark Pelletia from Software Support, Jeff Preschel from Hardware Support, Christopher Rice from Hardware Support, 
Pam Rice from um, the, uh, you know, Solution Center place. <laughs> Jonathan again, and Brad Wells from the help desk. These are all wonderful additions to our staff, and I welcome all of you to support services. Um, as people recognize, none of the directors were using PowerPoint presentations. Um, where is that slide? I know that Betty said what I wanted to say. Ah, there it is. Um, instead of going through just a bunch of dry accomplishments for support services this year, um, we did a lot of really amazing things, and I'm going to share some of those with you. But this third bullet down, create fun activities to reinforce knowledge about OIT. Now, I must admit, I got to see her presentation last night since this is my computer. So I thought, how do we create fun activities to reinforce knowledge about OIT? So. I have come up with just a very few fun activities to highlight some of the things that we did last year for as part of support services. And to make this really good, we have prizes. And we're going to have quizzes and all kinds of fun activities. We have, we have 10 minutes. This will all happen in less than 10 minutes. So the first thing I need to do is wait for this mic to come on, which I know that my friends in media services will do. It's on. It's on. Oh, good. Okay. So for the first fun activity, I need two volunteers from the office of the vice president. <laughs> so can I get two volunteers from the office of the vice president to come up here? Um, and so we get to know everybody within the organization eventually. Could each of you introduce yourself and what your role is within OIT? Uh, Robin Figlerski, Executive Assistant. Betty Leiden, Vice President for Information Technology. Wonderful. Okay. Every year, the, the, the student computing services folks sell computers through the Student Computer Initiative. This is a box for one of those computers, actually. Now, think about all of the students who buy computers from us, okay? And we're going to take all those boxes from all of those students and line them up all the way from that wall to that wall and then start piling them on top of each other if need be. How many rows of boxes do we need for all of the computers that we sold last year through the Student Computer Initiative? Four. Well, that's a pretty good guess. That's what I was going to say. So I'll have to go with, what, do you have to be highest without going over? Or? Highest without going over. All right, five. Last year, the Student Computer Initiative sold 1,235 computers. That would take, if the boxes were all roughly the size of the iBook box, it would take 24 rows of computers going up just over 30 feet, so up into the eating area and blocking those windows as well. So since Betty was closest but not very close, <laughs> she will win the prize. 
I want to thank our folks, at, our friends at Dell Computer, who were selling a lot of their computers, for donating the prizes, which are little USB memory sticks. So, Betty, here is your prize. Thank you. And I was going to donate my prize to Robin. She's going to be buying a computer for her new life, so I think she needs this prize. Thank you. So, thank you very much, Office of the Vice President. Um, the student computing services folks also have another principal role of taking care of students um, in their dorm rooms, providing in-room in computing support to them. Um, last year, we handled almost 2,000 requests for assistance from students with our RCCs, who are a group of about 30 students who go out to kids' rooms day in, day out, in the middle of the night to solve computing problems. Um, with the new challenge, I will call it, um, um, that we just added to our list of upcoming things, which is worrying about the viruses and things like that are gonna, that are going to be hitting campus in two weeks, I really believe that that number of 2,000 is going to be a really low number, and we're going to remember those good old days when, 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 when RCCs only had to deal with you know, a couple hundred problems apiece, not a couple thousand problems apiece. Um, another quick activity, and this one, I need three volunteers from academic services. Academic services people. Come on. Ah, this whole, this, oops, I've got, I've got, I've got one, two, and three. Come on. Come on. I also need Serge. Yes, Ralph. No, I need both of you. I need you. I need Serge. Come here. Serge. You don't need the jacket. <laughs> Serge, what I need you to do is take this paper and start laying it out on the ground. And what I want you to do is go out, out, up the stairs, down Washington Road, down Washington Road to Route 1. And then at Route 1, turn right and start heading south. Now, just... Yes, okay. Now, every year, every, every year, this, the, every year, we have our students print a lot of stuff in our computer clusters. Now, they are going to tell us how far you're going to have to travel. So, if you took all of the paper that was printed in student computer clusters last year and put it, as Serge is doing, yep. <laughs> okay, how far is Serge going? How, 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 far, how far do you think Serge is going to go? Do you think Quaker Bridge Mall maybe? All the way to Trenton? Uh, further down? So how far, how, far is, how far would Serge need to go laying paper end on end for the amount of printing that we did in computer clusters last year? 87 miles. Which is to what city? Philadelphia. Okay. Oh, I'd like him to go to Georgia, please. <laughs> Let's say Dover. Let's say Dover. Okay, so Dover, Delaware. 
Georgia. Route one does not go through Dover. Uh, go through Georgia, uh, the country. Okay, so we have Philly, and we have Atlanta, and we have Dover, Delaware. Surge would end up right in. Well, at that rate, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, if you laid all of the five million, uh, five mil, excuse me, six million five hundred and eleven thousand three hundred and seventy pages end to end, surge ends up right between Fort Lauderdale and Miami, Florida. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I'll pick it up later. Um, the SCAD program and the DCS program, a lot of people think of about the amount of great food we get and the great information we get in, sh in sharing in all of the meetings that, 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 that Evelyn Roach Oops, I said a name. Um, that the program has and coordinates um, throughout the year. But I really think that, that something that we miss out on, and, and the, really the reason that, that, that when we reviewed the program, people said, this program is a tremendous success, is because of the training that we offer for the SCAD and the DCS folks, and to some extent, people within this room who can tag along on that training that we offer for, for that set of customers. Last year, um, the SCAD and DCS programs offered 5,000 contact hours of training for the SCAD and DCS folks. So on average, each SCAD and DCS person spent a week and a half of their year in training offered by the SCAD and DCS programs. And what I want to highlight as part of that training is the MCSA training. Um, the MCSA training brought about 40 people through a curriculum of getting a certification for the Microsoft, Microsoft Certified System Administrator. Thank you. Um, and actually, some of those folks are in this room right now who actually completed their MCSA, and I'd like those folks to stand up right now to be recognized for that great accomplishment. <laughs> Betty's talked enough about the ambassador program that I don't think I need to talk about that anymore. Um, I now need three volunteers from EIS. Okay. Yes, Anthony. Two. Second one. Yes. Yay. And a third. No, Dan doesn't qualify. Ah, great, Charles. Great. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, oh, we didn't introduce each other in the last round, um, but we'll start doing it again right now. Tell me what your name is and what your role within OIT is. 
Anthony Scatero, IT Security Officer. Debbie Becker, uh, Manager of Database Administration. I'm Charles Kruger, Manager for Unix Systems. Great. Um, I'm going to ask you three different questions, a question for each of you, and the person who gets closest to the right answer to these questions will win. This one's pretty darn pertinent. Anthony, in the knowledge, OIT knowledge base, how many knowledge base articles ha contain the word virus? <laughs> Anthony says 50, and there are 38. So he got within 12. Okay. So, um, Debbie. No, 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 no. Last week, how many people wrote back to the help desk asking if our sending them warnings about viruses were another virus? <laughs> Six. So you're at 11. You're at 12. You're the winner now. Okay. It's very, very up to Charles. Last year, during the year, as you know, people can also send email to the help desk. They don't have to call us. Um, of the email that we got last year, how many of those pieces of email had the phrase time travel in the subject? <laughs> Only 11. So, Debbie wins. There you go. Um, besides the email that, that, that the help desk got, the help desk received over 40, excuse me, yeah, over 42,000 phone calls last year. Um, and on average, those call, people calling the help desk waited less than a half a minute before they were talking with a live person. So that's pretty darn good, I think. Um, another little quick graphic or demonstration or something. I know, I'm worrying, I'm, I'm hurrying, excuse me. Um, I'm worried too, because um, I'm gonna be cut off at some point. Um, this is a metronome. That is 42 beats per minute. And what 42 beats per minute represents is how many calls are successfully handled by our telecommunications group 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Every time you hear that click, another person has gotten a phone call, made a phone call, or called another person on campus. Now, you hear that metronome going click, click, click. Of course it's not, we don't get everybody to time things so carefully. <laughs> but, but in general, the reliability of this is, um, is phenomenal. It, the um, General Electric Corporation started a program a couple years ago called the Six Sigma program, where they said that 
that they would like to improve all of their processes so that, that the reliability of things that GE did fell into something where the error rate, the success, the error rate for something was less than 99.9999%. The, the, the telecommunications department at Princeton has blown that out of the water. They went, got their six sigmas, and then added a six to that last place. Um, which brings me to something where instead of a quiz question, we just need a very, very strong and brave person from FAP. Is that an okay call, name for it? Okay. We need a brave and strong person from FAP. You don't have any brave and Okay. Yay. Okay. Tell us who you are and what your role is at the university. I'm Laura Strickler. I used to do PeopleSoft security and workflow, and now I will be starting project, more project work and training work. Okay. So we're going to need your help, too. Okay? And to give us an idea of, of what six sigmas plus a six is equal to, um, what we're going to do is we're going to have Laura take and hold her breath for the amount of time that the phone switch, according to our Nortel statistics of 9999996, um, was not available last year. So, Nancy's going to be the timekeeper. That it was not available? Okay, no, no. I'm going to give you the, na- the numbers because I just want to show okay. that you guys are brave and strong enough to handle this challenge. Okay, and that is that, 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 that at that reliability, the phone switch was not available for just under 13 seconds last year. So, I think that... I'm not a smoker. Okay, good. <laughs> Nancy, I checked it out earlier, and Nancy has a second hand on her watch. So she's going to give us the go and the stop for a 13 seconds worth of Laura holding her breath. Go. Stop. Yay! I dare any other group within this whole organization to get a reliability rate that's equal to our telecommunications department. You guys do a great job. Um, Everybody in the room, stand up. Each of you, uh uh-oh, I am almost done. No, there's. <laughs> so, each one of you represents one person who um, who was reported to the university as breaking or infringing upon a copyright complaint last year. That's how many complaints we got last year. We're expecting that number to probably double, quadruple, multiply by some big number last year. Now, everybody, sit down. Of all of you, we got reports on approximately 33,000 illegal files on campus. So that's 
what you collectively were doing wrong. Um, <laughs> um, one last quiz, because we need to have that covered, and then I will go on to our, 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 our goals for next year. Um, and that is, <laughs> which I, I, I'll Did get... Uh, we'll be done in three more minutes, depending on how smart AIS folks are. Okay, AIS folks, I need three more volunteers. Quick. AIS, thank you, yay, yay. One more, yay. Okay, your name and what your role in the organization is. I'm Irina Rifkin, and I'm project manager. Russell Wells, manager. John Vincent, Production Control, come People's Off Security. Okay. Now, 25 years ago, we joined a connected way, connected part of the computing world by joining an organization called BitNet. And at that point in time, we were connected to the Internet through a 96, well, before the Internet really existed, but we were connected to the network through a 9600 baud modem. If we take this straw to represent the um, connection to the network we had at that point in time, okay, how big of a pipe would we need today to represent our connection to the network? And I'll give you a hint. You want to measure it in inches. So miles, feet to Miami doesn't count. So this is our connection in 25, 25 years ago. How big is our connection now? Four, 14 inches. 20 inches. 20 inches? 21 inches. 21 inches. <laughs> the answer is 24.2 inches. Now, if you like those games, I think I'm going to be in charge of making more fun games for the upcoming year, and we can all play these kind of games. Um, on a, a little bit more serious note, let me tell you just about three or four things that we're going to be doing next year. And the one of the major ones, which we're getting off the ground right now, is the Solution Center, which Betty invited you to the grand opening of. Um, that's tomorrow at 1.30, upstairs on the 100 level. I encourage all of you to come by, if not for the grand opening, within the next you know, week or so to visit us up there. Um, a great group of people working there from, as Betty said, across several departments on campus, all working to make it a, a big success up there. Um, we're going to continue doing in, um, um, network upgrades and, and enhancements around campus, um, focusing a lot on wireless in the upcoming year. Um, we are just about at that 100 threshold right now for a number of access points on campus. It will take about um, 1,400 access points to get the whole campus unwired. So we are just at the very beginning, but we're at the beginning of doing that. Um, we're going to create, a, as Serge alluded to, the software cross-functional team is going to be working at creating a something which I hope we'll have a naming contest for, maybe, but a software Barnes & Noble 
for for um, for for software up in the coming year. Some place where you can browse software to see what you, we might have site licenses for. Um, look to see how we can order specific software, get things online, get them in a real store, all of those kind of things, but really coordinate how we really handle software on campus. Um, copyright is going to be a big challenge in the upcoming year. Um, there are the people who sue people about such things and, 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 and fine people have already warned the universities and colleges that they're going to aggressively go after us. And something which wasn't on my list just a couple weeks ago and now is probably at the top of my list is that there are going to be 6,000 people with computers with viruses and worms and all those kind of things that are going to be coming back to campus over the next two or three weeks. And we're going to have to make sure that we can continue a stable, reliable computing environment um, um, throughout that period of time and get them up and going and clean. And indeed, as everybody else has said within the group, this is a group effort from across a lot of different departments on campus. So I know I've took more than my 10 minutes, but I, I'm not actually not going to even apologize. So I'll turn it over to <laughs> Betty. I'll turn it over to Betty who can chastise me. I think this was his way of making sure that next year he's not going to be last. <laughs> No, that was a lot of fun. I hope it's not like those commercials you see where the commercial's fantastic and then a week later somebody says, what was that product that they were advertising? <laughs> so uh, we're going to have a quiz on the questions that he asked to see how many people remember in a couple of weeks. Anyway, um, I hope that a couple of you are, are willing or want to ask questions. Uh, last year we had a lot of really good questions, partly because we were waiting for lunch that didn't get here on time, but I understand it's out there, right? But um, if anyone has a question about either anything I talked about or questions for the directors, I'd be really happy to try to answer anything. I'm sure some of what we said wasn't clear or didn't make sense. Anybody? See, I know you're now, you're like out of the mood of meeting because Stephen's been, yes. Um, I noticed that you said you might have Facebook or OIP. Possibly get a dictionary. There's a lot of buzzwords that we use ah. yep. some areas, but not everything. Right. And actually, they, what, is this, is this what you want? Yeah. Right. That's, I forgot we were supposed to. So the question was, in addition to a Facebook, which is a good idea, um, what about an online dictionary of terms and buzzwords and acronyms and things like that? I think that's a terrific idea. Um, because I know I have problems with a lot of those things myself, and, and I know a lot about each of your different organizations, so I'm sure that it's much harder for most of the rest of you. So, great idea. Thank you. What else? <laughs> yes, Rita. Betty, I'd just like to say that I think you have been one of, one of if not the best um, ambassadors OIT has in the university <laughs> community, that people who speak of you, who have met you, feel that your arrival and your attitude about the customers has really improved OIT's image. So I'd like to thank you on behalf of all of us for doing that and helping to um, create a better image of the Well, thank you. <laughs> You're very kind, and of course, you know, I have to turn that around and say it's really all of you, but thank you. Um, any other questions, comments? 
Everybody's hungry, right? Oh, here's one. Frank. Uh, the question I have is that there's been a rumor for many years that OIT would be located in a relatively uh, single location. I don't think anybody needs this, but uh, uh, one location. Is there any future plans for that? That's a great question, and I'm very glad you asked it, because I just had a meeting, um, I believe it was last week or maybe the week before, with the architect that the university is actually considering, they haven't signed on the dotted line, about a new building for OIT. And that building um, it, it's still up to the, the, the designer to figure it out, but it's going to be located either an, next to or connected to 87 Prospect. There's apparently quite a bit of space there for building, and the person um, that I spoke with, if they become the architect, and it's supposed to sort of remain confidential, so, you know, all of you out there, forget you heard this, uh, <laughs> is the same person who designed the Friends Center. And I think they did a terrific job there of making the building fit in with the surroundings and yet be a wonderful, modern, um, well-thought-out building on the inside. So I was extremely excited. So we are actually on the list. It will happen, and, you know, Hopefully, if they said that from the time that they say go, it would be three years. Now, the go, getting to go will be will take a while. So, maybe four, four and a half. Thank you. Yes, did you? The architect. Ask him to put in a little bit of storage space. <laughs> Thank you very much. And parking, right? Yes, <laughs> right. Um, yeah, actually, store. That's a great comment because we have problems with storage wherever we are located and it's one of the things that I don't know I think when they're trying to cut costs they say well we'll just get rid of some of the storage space but we'll keep that on the list and the parking also I heard that hmm? and conference rooms actually the conversation we had was for a conference room on every floor and in addition to that some big conference rooms yeah they were they understood that I talked a lot about how all of our projects require all, you know, so many people and we need conference space. What else? Okay, I think you're all hungry. I think, I, I hope you'll all go visit the OIT Solutions Center, and if you have any good ideas or you hear any comments or whatever, please let us know, because in the beginning stages of these kinds of things, we like to hear what's working and what's not working, and um, it's going to be a fun place, I know, and I hope you all enjoy it. So go have lunch, and please stay and mingle for a while. Thank you all.